Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hey yo, let's talk about the Big Ten college football. One of the two super conferences coming to a football stadium near you, baby. Big Ten college football season preview here. Um, I also threw in Notre Dame just because they're in the Midwest and I wanted to at least mention them even if they're not actually in a conference, but figured at least talk to them in the Big Ten to me made the most sense. Maybe the ACC should have made more sense, but oh well. Win totals in this episode from Caesar Sportsbook will go from alphabetical order top to bottom, and then I'll go over my projections for each team that I did, picking each game straight up on each team while wow, each team's schedule. We're not even a minute in, and I'm already struggling. This is going to be great. First off, the Illinois Fighting Illini, the over-under win total set at six and a half wins. Last season, they went eight and five overall, five and four in the Big Ten, and lost nineteen to ten to Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Luke Altmeyer is a real quarterback and is now in town. After losing the most solid roster the school has seen in a while outside of quarterback, Illinois now has a real quarterback in Ole Miss transfer Luke Altmeyer. After losing basically every other notable player to the NFL draft, like, you know, Chase Brown, the running back, Sidney Brown, safety, Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback, just, you know, to name a few. So now that they've got the other key parts of the team, they hurry to the rest of it. Not by choice, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Next up, Indiana. The Hoosiers last season went 4-8 overall and 2-7 and in the Big Ten. The over-under win total this year set at 3.5 wins. If they hadn't started off the year with the upset win over Illinois, they would have been 3-9 and nine last year as well. But there's not much hope going on in Bloomington this season. I don't expect head coach Tom Allen to hang around too long this year. This team isn't much better than last season's dumpster fire that was only propped up by the aforementioned Week 1 upset of Illinois. So don't expect that head coach to last long. We talk about Neil Brown at West Virginia also not lasting long, but I think Tom Allen is right there with them. Next up, the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're over under win total set at eight and a half wins. Last season, they went eight and five overall, five and four in Big Ten play. They beat Kentucky twenty-one to nothing in the Music City Bowl. Uh, offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz has the new interesting contra- contract clause: twenty-five points per game or three hundred points in total. But we also have a new quarterback and new tight end, making this Michigan light on offense. Offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz, he is under pressure to hit the aforementioned 300-point target in the regular season, which would come out to the 25-point-per-game average to save his job. This This was made easier with bringing in the two Michigan transfers and quarterback Cade McNamara and tight end Eric Hall. This offense should be better, and the defense is going to be elite. Beginning and end of the story with Iowa for this season. Maryland is the next team up. The Terrapins over under win total set at seven and a half. Last season they went eight and five overall, four and five in Big Ten play, and they beat NC State sixteen to twelve in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Is this the year that the next step is taken in College Park? Excuse me, Talia Tagavailoa, younger brother of Tua, has his last season on deck for the Terrapins. So can Coach Loxley take the step and challenge for the fourth best team pedestal in the Big Ten East behind, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan? No, no, uh, you know, no, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Just forget I tried to do that. Uh, this won't be easy, though, when it seems like they lose more and more offensive firepower every season, added with the loss of their star quarterback, Deontay Banks, to the NFL draft. 
excuse me. Next up, we got the Michigan Wolverines with their over/under set at ten and a half wins this year. Last year they went thirteen and one overall, nine and zero in Big Ten play. They defeated Purdue forty-three to twenty-two in the Big Ten championship game, but they lost to TCU in upset fashion in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, fifty-one to forty-five. They did have consistency with John Harbaugh since the rough start to his career and being put on the hot seat with an abysmal COVID season. Jim Harbaugh has torn the conference apart and gone to two straight playoff appearances with two straight Big Ten titles. But we have the suspension looming. Harbaugh was rumored to be getting a suspension for breaking some of the recruiting rules during the COVID dead period, but the agreement wouldn't be reached before the season between the NCAA, Harbaugh, in the University of Michigan, so it looked like the investigation was going to take a deeper dive into the details of the COVID dead period restrictions that were broken. Um, but update literally today, uh, Michigan is self-imposing a three-game suspension for head coach John, I almost said John Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, to start the season. Those games would be against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green in the non-con which all come before they start their Big Ten schedule with Rutgers in the fourth week of the season. This, for me, seems like it's going to end up being the last season for Harbaugh at Michigan as the head coach. If the NCAA comes back, says you broke all of these rules and now you have to serve our suspension as well, I could see Harbaugh just being like, nah, deuces, and getting the last laugh and leaving. But we won't know until we get there, and I don't know if the investigation uh, will end during the season, next off season, or heck, maybe they'll come out with something before the season starts this weekend and uh, do something about it before then. Who knows? Next up, Michigan State Spartans. Last season, they went 5-7 and seven overall and 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. Their over-under win total for this season is 4.5 wins. They lost a lot on the offensive side of the ball in the transfer portal. Quarterback Peyton Thorne went to Auburn, and wide receiver Keon Coleman went to Florida State. Both of these players left in the portal, some saying like from the program that those two didn't get along. The loss of Thorne doesn't seem to be nearly as significant as the loss of Coleman does, though. Uh, Florida State really seems to like him in Tallahassee. He easily went up to being one of the most explosive and athletic players on Florida State's roster, and that's saying something. Uh, apparently, he windmill dunked in jeans at head coach Mike Norvell's house, so if that tells you anything, nothing but excitement for the players that left Michigan State this season. Uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers up next. Last year, they went 9-4 and overall, 6-3 and in the Big Ten, and beat Syracuse 28-20 to in the Pinstripe Bowl. Excuse me, the over-under for their win totals this season is 7.5 wins. They have a tough East draw getting both Michigan and Ohio State. Minnesota looks like it's going to be the basement dweller of the Big Ten this season. Someone has to take the losses, and Northwestern can only take so many, especially when Minnesota loses running back Mo Ibrahim to the NFL, and it's likely a highly touted recruit and quarterback Ethan Kaliak man is taking over at quarterback, the Greek rifle, getting his first full season under his belt after I believe he's only played three or four games at the end of last season, uh, coming in after Tanner Morgan was hurt. But yeah, Ethan Kaliak Manis, get used to saying that name. Um, just call him the Greek rifle for short. But if he can take off right out of the box, Minnesota's going to have a great year. But if it takes time and they struggle coming out, it's likely going to be under the 7.5 win total that is posted right now. 
Next team up, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, six and oh my gosh, six and a half total wins is the over under this year. Last season they went four and eight overall and three and six in the Big Ten. Enter Matt Rule, the man known for rebuilding some broken programs, is stepping in at Lincoln. Tried to think of the city that Nebraska was in there. Really struggled. He took Temple from being one and eleven to eleven and two before leaving and taking over Baylor after the Art Bryle scandal, and took them from one and eleven to eleven and two again. He's known for taking the um, the uh, raw athletic upside players from recruiting classes and turning them into specific position players. Hopefully, you didn't just hear my dogs go crazy. But uh, Matt Rule is known for building like the non-specified player position athlete kind of guys into something on his teams. He arguably has his best starting roster at Nebraska that he's ever had in college football. So expect this rebuild to be much quicker. And with the NIL war chest that the school is rumored to have, it may not take that long before Nebraska is back in the national spotlight yet again. Next team up, no. Northwestern almost messed that word up too. Over under three and a half wins for this season. Last year they went one and overall, one and eleven overall. Wow, and one and eight in Big Ten play. Let's kind of just skip over this school though. Uh, the summer scandal and subsequential firing of head coach Pat Fitzgerald seem to be extensively covered by every uh, sports news outlet. So I won't dive any further into it, especially without having the facts come to light yes, yet. Nevertheless, this team won't be very good this fall. That's all I have to say. Notre Dame, like I mentioned, throwing them in the Big Ten because I figured they deserved to be talked about. Their over-under win total this season is 8.5 wins. Last year, they went 9-4 and four overall. They defeated North Carolina 45-38 to in the Gator Bowl. Marcus Freeman is in his second season this year and has an upgraded quarterback. After being upset by Marshall and Stanford last season, the Fighting Irish added Sam Hartman at quarterback to hopefully lead them to a better record this season, especially if the defense can make a jump and play the way that they were expected to last season, adding in the quarterback that leads the ACC all-time in touchdown passes, definitely going to be a help for the Irish this year. They don't really have a conference to compare them to, though, so we're just going to say 9-4 and four from last season, what they should be aiming for by the end of this season. Next up, Ohio State, the Buckeyes, the over-under win total set at 10.5 wins. Last year they went 11-2 overall, 8-1 in the Big Ten, and lost 42-41 to to Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Uh, they got quarterback questions to start this season. It's either going to be Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, even though it looks like Kyle McCord, who appears to be the front-runner. But I still have to wonder if he has the same talent as C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields. Or in high school, was he carried by being the teammate to Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver now, uh, did that carry him to the prominence as a recruit, and is he actually going to be able to live up to all the hype and expectations for the Buckeyes? That brings me to the next question of, is Marvin Harrison enough to carry this team? The offense is going to score points as long as the quarterback can get the ball to one of the many five-star receivers, but will the offensive line be good after losing multiple starters to the NFL, and will the defense improve under the second year of coaching from defensive coordinator from you know Jim Knowles I can't speak sorry like the the other stuff around Marvin Harrison has to work for him to be able to do anything and if the defense isn't any good again or I shouldn't say again but if the defense isn't any better than last year then it's not likely that they're going to be any better in the overall record and result from their season 
Next up, Penn State Nittany Lions. The over-under set at 9.5 wins for this upcoming year. Last year, they went 11-2 overall, 7-2 in the Big Ten, and defeated Utah in the Rose Bowl 35-21. Drew Aller is the first five-star quarterback to walk into Penn State in years, and the question is, is he the real deal? He is, like I said, the first five-star quarterback to come through State College in a long time and has the hype sky-high for this team. Uh, offensive lineman Olu Fashanu skipped the NFL draft to lead the offensive line again, and the defense always is good with defensive coordinator Manny Diaz at the helm. So the team just has to put together a run at the Big Ten Championship and will likely be in the running for a college football playoff spot if they do so. Next up, Purdue Boilermakers. The over-under win total set at 5.5 wins. Last season, Purdue went 8-6 overall and 6-3 and in the Big Ten. They lost to Michigan 43-22 in the Big Ten Championship game and then lost to LSU 63-7 in the Citrus Bowl. They have a new head coach this season and Ryan Walters, Illinois' defensive coordinator, left to take over Purdue once head coach Jeff Brown left to take over his hometown team in Louisville. So does the team transition away from the pass attack it's been known for? And how much can the defense really improve in the one-off season that Walters will have to work with them? I do also have a pretty tough schedule to go through. They got trips to Virginia Tech and Iowa that won't be easy, and another road trip to Nebraska in there as well. Plus, the team draws Michigan from the Big Ten East as one of their crossover games. Not the easiest of pickings for the Boilermakers. Next up, Rutgers. The over-under win total is 3.5 wins. Last year, they went 4-8 and eight overall and 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten. They go defense first and play some ugly football. Head coach Greg Schiano loves his defense, so much so that the team never scored more than 24 points all year outside of one game when they won 66-7 over FCS squad Wagner in Week 2 last calendar year. That's what you can expect from Rutgers. <laughs> Wisconsin, over under 8.5 wins is the line this year. Last year they went 7-6 overall. 4-5 in the Big Ten and beat Oklahoma State 24-17 in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. The Dairy Raid is coming to town in Madison, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. The team's transitioning to and from the Air Raid tend to struggle in their first season, but this is an extreme case where Wisconsin has been a jumbo-set running team pro-style offense and had a mean 3-4 defense with Jim Leonard being the defensive coordinator for years. They're now transitioning to Luke Fickle and Phil Longo running the Air Raid offense in a 3-3-5 stack defense. Going to look completely different in Madison from what anyone is used to seeing, so it would be very, very interesting to see what actually comes of it. But I do have to say I love the name of the Dairy Raid. So my projection for this, it's very interesting. Again, having 14 teams in a Big Ten conference, but nevertheless, we'll go to the West first because that's the more open side of the field. Uh, seventh, I have Northwestern going two and ten and zero and nine in the conference. 200, 200 to one to win the conference. Not happening. Don't have anything else to say. Sixth place, Minnesota. Also, I have going two and ten, which probably a little extreme. Probably more like four and eight. Sorry, but I had them going one and eight in the conference. Sixteen to one to win the conference. I just don't see it with this roster. They have less offensive firepower and more newbies on defense to start learning the program and the philosophy. I just don't see it, you know, being the nine and four team of last year, whatever the record was. Fifth, I have Purdue going five and seven, three and six in the conference. 125 to 1 to win the conference. I just, like I mentioned in their part of the preview, don't see the defense getting massively better in the offseason. And I also don't really know what the offense is going to, 
Don't think the defense is going to get better in one offseason. Don't know how much the offense is going to be able to change and stay the same uh, in the first year with a new head coach. Fourth place in the Big Ten West, I have Nebraska going 6-6, six 3-6 and six, three and six in conference. They're 22-1 to one to win the conference. Uh, Matt Rule, like I mentioned, does good rebuilding teams. Usually the first year is the worst year, which you would expect, but it always tends to get better for Rule the longer that he's at a program, so I don't expect that much out of him this season. Third place, I have Wisconsin going 8-4 and four overall, 6-3 and three in conference. They're 9-1 to one to win the conference. Luke Fickle is going to take over the defense when Jim Leonard departed. Uh, Phil Longo ran the offense that made Drake May, you know, big time there. They had Tanner Mordecai coming in from SMU who loves to throw the rock around, but I don't know how it's going to look in Wisconsin. And once it hits the winter months when they're not able to throw the ball around as much and have to run and don't have the passing to go off of it, um, be very interesting to see how that goes. But second place in the Big Ten West, I still have Illinois. They still have one of the best defensive lines in the Big Ten West. I have them going nine and three overall, seven and two in conference. They're twenty to one to win the conference. I don't think they'll be that good, but I do expect them to not fall off nearly as much as people were expecting. They did have depth, brought in a couple transfers, brought in a decent recruiting class, and I think they'll still be relatively competitive, at least in their division of the Big Ten. Even if maybe I overshot it a little bit, I still don't see this team being any worse than seven and five. First place in the West, going ridiculously eleven and one and eight and one in the conference. Iowa Hawkeyes. I just think adding the talent that they did to the offense, they're actually going to score some points. And the defense, like I mentioned earlier, always going to be elite for Iowa. Always in the top ten. So um, they have a ten to one to win the conference. And if they're going to win the West and go to the conference championship game. 10 to 1 is a way better price than what you're going to get in the actual championship game for sure. In the East, the more interesting side, right? Uh, seventh place, last in the Big Ten East, I have Indiana. The Hoosiers going 2 and 10 overall, 0 and 9 in the conference, 200 to 1 to win the conference. I see no bright spots for the Indiana team this season um, besides getting rid of their coach and starting over again. That's about all I got for the Hoosiers. Excuse me. Sixth place, I have Rutgers going four and eight again this season, two and seven in the conference, two hundred to one to win the conference. I, <laughs> four was too easy to get to, but five was very hard to find. So I think four and eight is exactly where Rutgers is going to end their season. That's about all I got for them, though. Fifth place, I have Maryland going seven and five, which I feel like is the average uh, standard set for Mike Loxley. Uh, seven and five overall, four and five in conference. They're 101, 100 to one to win the conference. I, I just they lose so many receivers every year. They lost their stud cornerback this last year. I I don't I think the ceiling is being smacked with uh, Mike Loxley's head as he can't do much more in Maryland right now than what he's done the past few years. Fourth place, I have Michigan State Spartans seven and five overall, five and four in conference, 101 to win the conference. I think the first year when Mel Tucker overachieved was overachieving, and last year when they finished, what, 4-8? and eight, Let me scroll up really quick and find out that they went, da, 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 this is a great podcasting, 5-7. and seven. I think they're normally going to be somewhere in between there, like a 6-7 win type team. This year I got 7-5 and five when I put it into my computer and checked it all out. Third place in the Big Ten East, I have Ohio State struggling, actually going 9-3. and three. I know that's 
sad to call struggling, but seven and two in the conference. They're plus 175 to win the conference. I just don't see it with this Ohio State team this year. Um, they lost a lot on the offensive line. Kyle McCord is not CJ Stroud. And I, Marvin Harrison can only do so much if the ball doesn't get put into his hands. So I think they take a step back, maybe not completely nine and three, but I don't see him going any better at best 11 and one. And that's assuming that they beat one of or both Michigan and Penn state. Speaking of which second place, I have Michigan actually going 11 and one overall eight and one in conference. They're plus plus one eighty to win the conference. I think that Michigan is going to be Ohio State this year. I don't think that's a bold claim after what's happened the last two years. But they're a team that's built to beat Ohio State. And them and Penn State are built about the same. And Michigan probably has a little more explosive like athletes. But I um, just feel like that's, that's going to be the one game they lose is the Penn State game. I'm not really sure how. Just the gut feeling that I had when I filled out the schedule, which obviously means Penn State's finishing first in the Big Ten East for me. I had them going a perfect 12-0 and and a 9-0 and in conference. They're plus 7, 5, 575 to win the conference. Wow. Um, I think that the uh, most likely outcome everyone keeps talking about is the top three going 11-1 and and beating each other. And if that happened, the tiebreaker goes down to the crossover opponent strength of schedule, which Ohio State would win. I uh, just don't see Ohio State being that good. So if Michigan and Penn State, they have to play each other because they're in the same division. I feel like that game is going to be deciding who wins this division and goes to play the West in the Big Ten Championship game. So in my mind, it's going to be Penn State versus Iowa, and you have a 5-3 and three quarters to 1 to 10-1 to one for the conference ticket playing each other in Lucas Oil Stadium for the Big Ten Championship game. But that's all I've got for my Big Ten Season Preview Edition uh, episode. And, um, yeah, we only got the SEC and the Group of Five episodes left. So talk to you tomorrow when those ones come out. But until then, bye bye <laughs>